right. Good morning. We ready for the word. Come on. Amen. Come on. Come on. Wow. Father, we just ask you right now, God, to have your way. Father, uh, bless the, the speaker and the listener, God. Bless the, the voice and the heart. Mouth and the ears, Lord God. Help this to be, help us all to be good ground. Your word, Lord God. We promise to give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. All right, all right. Here's the, here's the quote for this morning. I got two. Ready? Amazing how this many people could be quiet. Feels like a living room experience. And I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to be comfortably uncomfortable. Most people spend their lives looking, but not truly seeing. Seeing is not always believing. Faith comes by hearing, and seeing comes by believing and acting on what you heard. That was better than some of you reacted, so I'll say it again. Seeing is not always believing. Faith comes by hearing and seeing comes by believing and acting on what you heard. Amen? Believing and acting on what you heard. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, he tells us a story of two disciples that were leaving Jerusalem. I want you to really hear this story. I'm sure you've heard it before. The background, let me give you a little background on it. These the, the disciples have been following Jesus some time, right? We don't know how long. It doesn't tell us. And um, they've been believing in who he was and preparing and, and, and what he was going to do and that he would deliver them all. And they were waiting for this deliverance and they've seen him do amazing things. They've walked with him. And now everybody had their own ideas of what that would look like. And, and even though he had told them exactly what would happen, He told them that he'd be captured, that he'd be convicted, and that he'd be crucified. And that on the third day he would rise. But at this point in the story where this this, uh, passage picks up, he's already been crucified. And it's been three days. And nothing's happened. Everything that they've expected that would come to pass has not come to pass. So Jesus has been captured, convicted, and crucified, dead, put in a tomb, and nothing's happened. And it's the third day. And so these followers of Jesus were leaving Jerusalem now, heading back to where they were from, the village of Emmaus. Pick up the story here in Luke 24, verse 13. It says, that very day two of them, meaning of the disciples, Two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Seven miles is a long walk. Amen. Especially in dirt roads and chancletas. 
Seven miles takes a long time, right? Okay, just so, so you understand the journey that they're on. They're heading to Emmaus, and they're walking. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. Remember, it's the weekend. This thing just went down. All of Jerusalem is rocked. All of his, his disciples and apostles have scattered. Everybody's hiding. Everybody's flipping out. Like, this is, this is the end of, of this whole, the start of this whole ministry. So they're, they're heading back home to their village, and they're talking with each other about what's had just happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near. This is cool. And he went with them. So these two men are walking down the road in their chancletas, heading home, talking about their excitements, their disappointments, their disillusions, their expectations, talking about everything that had happened. And another man comes alongside them and starts walking with them. And the word says, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you guys are holding with each other as you walk? Isn't that cool? Jesus comes up and says, hey, what you talking about? And so they stood still. It was such a crazy question to them that they stood still. It's like, like dude, serious? Are you bugging? Where are you from? It said they stood still looking sad. And then one of them named Cleopas answered him. And he said, are you like the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have just happened on these days? And he said to them, what thing? What are you talking about? And they said to them, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and our rulers <coughs> have delivered him up to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. And, and, but we had hope that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And yeah, and besides all that, now it's the third day since these things have happened. But they're trying to catch him up real quick. Now. We got to ask, are these disciples really believers? Because notice they didn't say Jesus was a redeemer and the savior. They called him a prophet. They said he was a prophet, mighty in deed and word. See, there's a difference between trusting and, and that he was the one to redeem and hoping that he was the redeemer. Like they said, we were hoping. I mean, you know, there's a difference between trusting and knowing that something's going to happen and knowing that something is true and hoping. Hey, I hope. I hope this works out. And somebody says, hey, I hope, you know, you have a good day. I hope this works out. So, so here are these disciples and who, who when, when they were with him, obviously they believed, right? And they saw the things that he had done. And, and when they were with him, there was no doubt. They were impacted by his ministry. But the cross changed everything. The cross changed Everything, that, that God would allow himself to become flesh, the incarnation, John 1.14, Jesus being the image of the invisible God, Colossians 1.15, would lay down his life and go to the cross, John 19. The cross was the most shameful way to die in that time. Just so you know, like nobody back then wore Jesus pieces. Nobody wore crosses on their chains like we do. The cross was shameful. It was, it was the worst. The cross changes everything. Somebody say amen. 
The cross in that time was the most shameful way to die. The Romans thought of what's the most humiliating, excruciating, shameful way to punish people. And that's what they came up with, the cross. It, it often took a long time for people to die on the cross. It was a worse, it was shameful. They were usually hung naked. Can you imagine the shame? Hung high, naked. The word says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Hebrews 12.2. The cross changes everything. Because, because he wore our sin and took our shame, he died the death of a convicted criminal, put to death by execution in the most painful and shameful way a man could devise. He had to die this way to remind us that sin is not painless. Sin is not shameless. Sin does not remain hidden in a corner. It's exposed. Sin exposes everything. Can we say amen? So these disciples have just witnessed all of this, and now the shame of the cross in their eyes has reduced Jesus from the Messiah, from the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world, from the Savior to he was a prophet, mighty indeed, and in, in word. Even the Quran says Jesus was a prophet, mighty indeed. He was amazing. He was a prophet. But now this same Jesus had come alongside them and he's walking with them and they didn't know who he was. And so they, they, they say, we had hoped that he would redeem Israel, but now it's the third day. See, right there is the place where a lot of us lose our way as well. We said we had hoped that he would, but now it's been a long time. Anybody? We had hoped that, but, you know, we had hoped, but, and so Jesus tells them, he hears them complaining about him. He hears their disillusion with him. And, and he says, how, how foolish you are. He says, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and enter his glory? He's saying, didn't I tell you I had to do this? Didn't you know that, that this had to happen? This is not a surprise. Didn't I tell you? He said, did not the, the Christ have to suffer? In verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. So, so get this. For the rest of that long walk, he gives them an entire Bible study about him. This is, this is cool. You got to listen. I wish that Bible story was recorded because we'd all be, you know, just following that study. Throughout that entire Chancleta walk, he gives them an entire Bible study from Moses to, to the prophet, to Isaiah, to, to, to you know, Isaiah said he'd be, he'd be a bruise for our iniquities. He'd be, he'd be, um, 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 uh, um, who's sorry? Pierced for our trans, thank you, amen, all right, all right. It helps so much when you know the word. 
So he's giving them a whole Bible study. Look, look, this is what they said about me here. And Moses said, and this one said, and this one said. He gives them an entire Bible study for the rest of the walk. And then as they finally, it says they're finally getting, they're approaching the village. So that means that's the end of the walk. All those hours, he's been giving them a Bible study about who this Messiah is, who this Savior is, who this Redeemer is. And then they get to the village and he acts as if he's just going to keep walking. And they tell him, no, brother, brother, hold on, man. It's late. It's the end of the day. Come with us. Stay with us. Come with us. As they, he he pretended he was going to, I love that. Jesus preached a whole message without an altar call. Because Jesus is the altar call. So, so see, he, he, he is the, it's on us. Uh, he says, I've pursued you. I've made a way for you. I've given you everything you need. Now, if you want me, ask me to stay. Ask me to stay. He pretends like he's going to keep walking. If you want me, ask me. I told you all about me. You've seen me. You know all about me now. If you want me, ask me to stay. And so he goes, and so they tell him, please stay. It's the end of the day. We've been walking all day. And, and they've, they really, I mean, imagine the word giving us the word. That's the, that's the best preacher you could ever listen to, right? He's the word giving us the word. And so he must have broke it down lovely. He must have had better illustrations than anybody, better everything than anybody. Because, like, he could tell a story using the whole world, right? He could say, and then like a bird, and a little bird would come. Like, he's just, I mean, the word, giving us the word. That must have been an amazing Bible study. So they said, please stay. So it says, he goes into their house, and they, as they sit for dinner, check this out. Even though he wasn't the head of the house, even though he wasn't the owner, even though he wasn't um, the one in charge there, at least that, that they knew of, he was just an invited guest. He took the head of the table, he took the bread, he held it up. He gave thanks, he broke it, and he started to pass it out. Understand, that's the role of the host in that time. That, that was very customary, but that's the role of the host. Jesus sat at the table with them and took the role of the host, broke the bread, and gave thanks. And, and, and the word doesn't tell us any more about why or how, but it, but it says that they recognized then who he was. Then they knew who he was. So we don't know why. It doesn't tell us why. It could have been that they have seen him do that many times. It could have been they remembered, oh, my God. That's this, this is the same. This is, when he broke the bread, gave thanks, and fed 5,000 people, we were there. He did it this way. Maybe it was the words that he prayed. Maybe the way he gave thanks. This is my God. This is, this is my God. Oh, my God. This is my God. Like, oh, my God, it's you. Or, or maybe, could it have been maybe that, that, that when he lifted up his hands to break the bread, maybe they saw the nail scars. And it's, it doesn't tell us, so we just have to assume how, right? But, but it says that they recognized him. And as soon as they recognized him, he was gone. He, he disappeared from them. 
And so the word says immediately they turned right around. Remember, this was the end of the day. They, it, was, it wasn't safe for people to walk from village to village in those times. There's no lights. There's no protection. There's no, right? And so you'd be, you'd be mugged and you'd be, believe it or not, you know, there was, there was hoodlums back then and, 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 and you know, and, so, and, and criminals and whatever. And so it was not safe. But as soon as they got, now they're at the house. It's even later. It's, it's nighttime. They're there. It's time to eat. It says right away they turned back around and they went all the way back to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles and the others and they said it's true now I see it's true we've seen him he's alive they had stories because the women had gone to the tomb and saw that it was empty and talked about angels and people were like you're tripping man what's going on the tomb is empty but that doesn't mean anything what if, what if this, what if that, you know, we have a bunch of stories. Uh, what if this, it could have been this, it could have been that, it could have been. But now, they said, now I see. <coughs> and it makes us think, how many times has God been in our mess and we haven't seen him? How many times has he walked with us and we haven't recognized him? I wonder how many times in my own life I've complained to the Spirit of God about the Spirit of God not being with me. How many times did we not recognize his hands? How many times did we not recognize his presence? How many times have we not recognized his help? And complain to him about what he wasn't doing as he was doing it. This, the other night, I, I, I was out with my wife. Halloween night. No, we were not dressed up. and No, we were not trick-or-treating. But don't, don't make me go there. Because I've seen your Facebooks. I, I don't want to hear it. Not even go there. I was out with my wife, having dinner, like we do, and I got a call, got a voicemail, I got a text, led to a text message, somebody needed help. Now, when I'm with my wife, we're not on our phones, checking all the time. Sometimes something comes in, we look, and we both agree, this one, this needs, this needs, like it's okay. Believe it or not, it's usually her, not me. She gets more calls and texts for help than I do, but this time it was me. And we both agreed. We said, yeah, this is important. Take, take that. It's okay. This particular evening, it was Halloween, like I said, and, and a friend calls me, and I've asked him permission to tell this story. Listen to what happens on this strange night. After I get the call, I get a text message. Text message says this. I'm in a bad place. I'm stuck in the woods. Can't move my truck because it's hitched to some machinery. I, I didn't get, understand the whole thing. And, and I can't get the hitch to come off. Nothing's working. And I'm literally in the forest, stuck in the middle of nowhere in the dark with a little flashlight. And it gets worse. Because this person doesn't even live anywhere where I can drive and help them. So, like, why are you calling me? But it gets worse, which is probably the reason I was called. The text says, by the way, I'm 
being tormented in the dark. And I'm trying to quote scriptures, and there's a devil speaking through my own mouth, and I'm scared. I'm hearing voices in me, and I'm scared. At this point, I'm driving. We're in the car. I'm driving. So my wife and I go into Batman and Robin mode. And, and, and so she's reading me, reading me the message. I'm telling her what to write back, and, and we're praying. We're saying, this is, this is, this is. And I'm telling him, rebuke that spirit, man, and have the devil flee. He says, I am. And I said, then call on Jesus. He says, I am, but I don't see him. And he writes, I'm getting goosebumps. I need help. Why isn't God delivering me? He's telling me I'm praying. I'm quoting scriptures. Why isn't God helping me? Why don't I see him? Why am I still scared? And I tell him, listen, you're not alone, man. The enemy, this is all text. I tell him, you're not alone, bro. The enemy's trying to intimidate you. That fear is not from God. Refuse it. Send it back to hell. You're not alone. He keeps saying, I keep seeing myself hanging on one of these trees. He says, I have to get out of here. Everyone I call is not answering and no cab will come out here to get me. I'm in the middle of nowhere. So I told him at this point I wanted him to just get out of there. I told him is there some place you can walk to? Just start walking. I wanted him to get out of there. And then all of a sudden I get this little video. He sends me a video. And you know on the phone you see the preview of the video. It's just a black square. I'm not going to lie. I was a little scared to open it. At this point, I'm in my living room by myself. My wife has gone upstairs. I'm just trying to deal with this in my house. There's nobody else in my house. The whole house is dark. We didn't have time to run in, turn everything on. I'm just pacing in my dining room. Everything's dark, and he sends me a video. And I have to think, do I want to open this video? This is making every horror movie I've ever seen as a teen just come to life for me. So I I opened the video, of course, I'm not scared, I'm not a punk. I'm scared, but I'm not a punk. So I opened the video, the video is pitch black, and I hear him talking. And then at one point as he moves, I see a little, little moon just far, far away. And all I see is the little space that his phone lights up. How many of you know that's not cool? So I just, he's showing me the truck, he's showing me the hitch, he's showing me, and I'm hearing his voice, and, 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 and by this time, like I said, I'm home, and I'm saying, God, this is real, man, he, he needs you. And then all of a sudden in the video, I hear him say, wait, I think I hear a church. I'm hearing worship music. I said, what? He says, yeah, they just said Jesus. It's worship music. I'm walking toward it. I'm out of here. I'm walking toward it. I'm walking toward it. 
And now, by this point, we're on the phone. Now we're talking, right? And he says, I'm hearing the music. There must be a church nearby. I have to get there. I have to get out of here. And, and he's moving. And then, you know, you're talking to somebody. You're hearing the rustling and the moving. And he's moving toward what he hears uh, of the worship. I mean, he's moving toward the worship. And <clears throat> after a little time, he says, I don't hear it anymore. I says, but where are you? He said, I'm out of the woods, though. I'm on a road. I said, okay, that's good. And we're better now. We're, we're, we're better. We're out of the woods. We're out of the darkness. We're away from, from the scene, you know, as, as you could say. And, and, and we're talking, and at this point, I'm asking him questions, and we're talking about things, and, I'm, and, I'm, and we're just trying to, to decide, you know, what's the next step? Where are we? Who, you know, where are you? What, what, what can go on, right? And so the next thing I hear is dogs barking, and I hear him moving quickly. He said, oh, no, oh, 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 no, oh, no, oh, no. There's dogs barking. He said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And I hear him rustling and rustling as, as we're moving, at, and these dogs. And I'm praying. I'm saying, God, protect him. He was quoting scriptures before. He's saying, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because you're with me. And, and then after the dogs, he stops talking to me, and he starts talking to someone. So someone must have confronted him out of nowhere. Because I hear him explaining why he's here. He said, no, listen, my truck was stuck in the lot, and, and, and I work for this company, and, and it's Carmen's lot, and, you know, that's normally where we leave. And then he tells me let, me, let me call you back, and he hangs up. So I'm thinking it has to be the police, right? And maybe it was the police, maybe, he, you know, he, and, and, and then I'm... I'm Still thinking, man, I know this guy. He's going to get in more trouble if that's the police. This is just going to be bad. And, and I'm praying. I'm just saying, God, please let everything be fair. Let, let him have help. Let this not go crooked. Let this not go south. He's in the middle of nowhere. They could do anything to this, to this guy, right? Let, and I'm praying, and, you know, I'm pacing back and forth. I'm praying. A few minutes later, it felt like six hours, but it was just a couple minutes, he, he calls me back. And so the man, I guess, lived on the property where he was walking now. And so the dogs alerted the man that someone was there. And so he came to talk to him. Mind you, it's Halloween. It's nighttime. You're living in the sticks. And there's a weird Puerto Rican walking around your property that the dogs are barking at. I don't know about you, but I'm not going outside. I, I don't know about you, maybe you guys are, you know, but I'm not going out there to investigate. That, that's a bad movie right away. Gee, that's peculiar, let's go look. So this man confronts him, believes his story, that his truck is stuck to a hitch in a yard. He goes, he takes him back to the yard, brings him to the truck, helps him disconnect the machinery, the hitch, from, from what he was stuck to and send him on his way home on the truck. So I'm talking to him now and he's in the truck heading home. Listen, a few minutes ago, I didn't know where this is going to go, how this was going to end. I didn't know what God was going to do, but I'm believing God's going to do something. Now we're talking and he's chilling on the truck on the way home. But now, because he's just come through this thing and he's battling through many other things, 
Maybe because maybe he's so close, to, because he's just experienced the whole ride home. We're talking about the things that have been, he's been going through and the things. But, but as for me, I can't get over what just happened. He's already moving on. I can't get over what I just experienced. I can't get past what God just did. This was the living word. This was a living Bible story. It's, it's, listen, it's important that we hear the word, that we read the word. It's crucial that we know the word. But even more important that we're living this thing out in the real world. Amen? Learning to see God and recognize him when he comes alongside us. Sometimes we get so focused on our issues. On who we are, on what we feel like, on what we've done in the past or what we're doing now that we don't recognize Jesus when he comes alongside us and directs us and protects us and even walks us home. We're so focused on the situation or how we're feeling that we don't notice the fingerprints of God all around us. We don't realize that he was there in the midst. He was talking to us. He was walking with us the whole time. That worship you heard, that stranger you met, all these coincidences that have happened in your life. Let me break it down prophetically because sometimes we're slow of heart to believe. He was stuck in the darkness because his vehicle, mode of transportation, his ministry was connected to something that he could no longer drag. So it it started because he couldn't disconnect from whatever was holding him back. Maybe that's you today. He was in a dark place and he was overwhelmed. He was stressed out. He was not in a good place on many levels. Maybe you can identify with that today. A lot of stuff happening in his life. A lot of opposition. A lot of changes. A lot of new things. A lot of of, uh, of situations. Let me give you a little background. He had pretty much walked away from God for some time now. And he's been dabbling in some dark stuff. Recently, he made a decision to give his life back to God. Recently, he's made a commitment. He said, I know, I now I see, he told me, I know that he's real. I know, I went so dark that now I know that that this is there, and if that's there, I know that this is there. I know that he's real. This is the conversation we've had before this, recently. How many of you know when you try to break away from the darkness you used to be connected to, There's going to be some spiritual warfare. Maybe some of you are there now too. You've decided to follow God. You've decided to disconnect from the way you used to live your life. But you're finding yourself stuck and nobody you call is answering. And you don't feel anybody can help you. You're in a dark place attached to something you don't want to pull anymore. I came to tell somebody today, you're not alone. Probably before you even called on him, he's come alongside you. He's been asking you questions, not because he needs answers, but because he wants you to see where you are. Now look at God's faithfulness. The two disciples were talking to Jesus, complaining that he wasn't there. 
They were talking to Jesus, telling him why he's not saving anybody, why he's not the redeemer, why he's not the savior. They were accusing the one who pursues us of not being exactly where he was and of not doing exactly what he has in fact already done. And it wasn't until God takes the bread, gives thanks, and breaks it that they began to see that he was there all along. And that his body was broken for us to receive. That, that he, he paid the price for us to come from. Come on. Back, all right. Back to my friend a minute. He was in a dark place feeling overwhelmed. And the enemy was showing him pictures of him hanging in that darkness. He was quoting scriptures and kept feeling like that wasn't working. Watch this. Psalm 119, the word says, Your word is a, feet, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I can't see you because it's too dark, but you're right here with me because I hear worship music. He, he starts to hear people praising God. I was wondering, because by the way, he never found the church. By the way, I don't know if many churches meet 9 o'clock at night on Halloween night. Maybe some do. Maybe not the church I want to be a part of, but I I don't know. (coughs) Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is. But he never found the church. Once once he got out of the forest and onto the road, and I'm able to think clearly a little better, I I was thinking, what, what if it was our prayers... Because he didn't hear it again once he got to where he had to go. So worship led him out of the darkness and onto the path. Worship team, that's your cue to kind of just, in case, in case you didn't get that. Worship led him out of the darkness and onto the path. Worship put him where he needed to be so that God could meet him. Come on, man. Sometimes at the moment, we don't think any, wait, 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 I forgot. When he's quoting scriptures, he said, I'm quoting scriptures and it's not working. But him quoting scriptures created a light unto his path and a lamp unto his feet. Do you, do you get to understand why you need scripture? Why we need to know the word? Why it should be in us? Why, so that we can just quote it. So that we can, when we're scared, when we're afraid, when we're lonely, when we're depressed, when we're angry, when we're done with everything and everyone so that we can quote that scripture and it can become a life so that we can see what's going on and a lamp unto our path so we can see where we're going. Amen? Sometimes at the moment we don't think anything's happening. We don't think our prayers are being heard. We don't think God is moving. But the word and our prayers and our worship, it moves mountains. It makes a way where there is no way. Listen, listen. The enemy, like those dogs, was barking and seeking to get a piece of him. But the word says, all things work together for good to those that love God. And so God used the attacks of the enemy to get somebody to notice one of his that was there and needed help. 
This is living letters, church. This is the word of God alive and active. This man shows up and, that, and God will now use this man to take him back to the place where he was stuck. Back to the place where he was scared. The place where he had run away from and help him to go back there to get disconnected and help him unattach. How many of you know that's spiritual? Help him unattach from what was keeping him trapped in the darkness and got him free. Listen, sometimes God has to bring us back to the very place where we were stuck and couldn't stand to show us how he can simply separate us from that thing that was keeping us back there. If this isn't encouraging you, I'm sorry. Maybe you needed a regular message or something, but this is a living prophetic word of God. I wish I was smart enough to make this up, but this is real life. Maybe you just need to hear it in the word. Romans 12, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and perfect and acceptable. Paul tells us in Colossians, Colossians, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world, not according to Christ. Ephesians, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. John 12, Jesus says, I've come into this world as a light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So church, listen, check this out. We're going to worship. This is the picture that I got. We're going to worship, and if you're stuck, you need to get free today, let the worship lead you to the place where your help will come from. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let the dog stop you. We're going to meet some people at the road today in prayer, and we're going to going to help you get stuck get unstuck amen we're going to help you in this next few moments before we close this service we're going to help you get unstuck and get unattached from that thing that's been holding you back and as he does this thing I believe you're going to say now I see now, I see some worship team.
worship lead you to the place.
ministers and pastors. Wants to help you get unstuck today. We're here to meet you to help you get unstuck yes. today. There's freedom today. There's deliverance today. There's help for you today. Come on. Freedom, Lord. Lead us back to you. It's back to you, oh God. Pour out on 
Gary, Pastor G is going to pray in a moment. But after they realized that Jesus had met them there, after they realized that he was with them all along, after he, they realized that he's been set free, they went back and they told somebody, I want you to leave here today and tell your story. Get with somebody and tell them your story. Tell them where you've been. Tell them where you've come from and tell them how God met you today, how God spoke to you today. Make it, make it a, 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 make today a testimony day. Amen. Amen. The scripture said that as those two disciples walked with Jesus, that their hearts were downcast. They were sad. And the reason was because they expected Jesus to come and to set up his kingdom and to destroy the Roman armies and that they would rule and reign over the nations. But Jesus came to die. And the reason that they were, their hearts were sad was because they, they were disappointed with God. They said, we thought by now, we thought by now the enemies would be defeated. And, and that could be some of our attitudes today. I thought by now God would have brought the right spouse into my life. I thought by now I would have been healed. I thought by now I would have got a promotion. And your hearts can get disappointed. So I just want to pray right now. Because as Pastor George said, if you are disappointed with God, he's right there working and you're going to miss him. See, there's areas in my life where I can get disappointed because I expected God to do something that hasn't happened yet. And when I, when I, when I look at what hasn't happened, I get disappointed, downcast, depressed. I just want to break that in closing. Is anyone else that you're saying, I've been disappointed. There's things I expected God to do by now, but it hasn't happened. And anybody else, who's going to be honest today? You expected that financial breakthrough. You expected that miracle. You expected your husband to change his attitude by now. That should have done it right there. <laughs> so I break disappointment off you right now in Jesus' name. In every way that you are walking in sadness and depression because of your expectations. I break it, God. We repent, God. Father, we repent. Father, we've been looking at what you haven't done. We've been looking at our empty bank account instead of your promise, oh God, that the riches of heaven would pour down upon us. So we give you thanks today. See, the way to break this, to break disappointment off of your life is to give thanks. So let's just close. Thanksgiving's not here yet. 
We might have a few turkeys around in here, I don't know. But we're going to close giving God thanks. We're not going to wait. We're not going to wait for a day. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your blessings. Father, that we have fine families. We have shoes on our feet, oh God. We have a good place to sleep, God. Father, we give you thanks. And even in the darkness, Father, even in the thorn in the flesh, in the hard time, Lord God, we still thank you. Because in our weakness, your strength is being made perfect, God. So, Father, we bless you. We give you thanks, oh God. We are not downcast, but we are overflowing with the joy of the Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Just leave here with this song in our heart. Let the worship lead you home. Sing it from affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion, Have a wonderful week. Whenever you're in doubt, let the worship lead you back to him. God bless you.